0: the what was that again of Piglet. one day when the Sun had come back over the forest bringing with it the scent of May and all the streams of the forest were tinkling happily to find themselves their own pretty shape again and the little pools lay dreaming of the life they had seen and the big things they had done And in the warmth and quiet of the forest the cuckoo was trying over his voice carefully and listening to see if he liked it and wood pigeons were complaining gently to themselves in their lazy comfortable way that it was the other fellow's fault but it didn't matter very much on such a day as this christopher robin whistled in a special way he had an owl came flying out of the hundred-acre wood to see what was wanted. Ah, oh, Pooh and Piglet, come in and make yourself comfortable. You're just in time. In time for what? Asked Pooh hopefully. For a bit of, for a bit of Taoism. Oh. Is is it dangerous? asked Piglet. Certainly not. You know what Taoism is. Yes, said Piglet. Not quite sure. Of, of course. You see, before we go any further, we need to explain Taoism. Didn't we already do that? asked Pooh. That was in the Tao of Pooh. We need to say something ex- explanatory here as well just in case in case of what asked piglet nervously in case well just in case i suppose we could have Pooh say something about it but he probably can't remember what it is of course i can replied Pooh. it's that is it's something like or it is. What I mean is, that's what I thought. When you explained Taoism before, said Piglet, you and Pooh went to China. If we do that, I'll need to pack some things. No, we won't be going to China. We're going to stay right here. That's good, said Pooh, wandering over to the kitchen. Because we'll begin with a Taoist explanation of the origin of Taoism. And we might as well stay where we are because wherever in the world we may be at the moment is where Taoism started. Whether or not it is known there by that name, it began before the time of the Great Separation. Thousands of years ago, man lived in harmony with the rest of the natural world through what we today call telepathy. He communicated with animals, plants, and other forms of life, none of which he considered beneath himself, only different, with different jobs to perform. He worked side by side with earth angels and nature spirits with whom he shared responsibility for taking care of the world. The earth's atmosphere was very different from what it is now, with a great deal more vegetation supporting moisture. A tremendous variety of vegetable, fruit, seed, and grain food was available. Because of such a diet and a lack of unnatural strain, human lifespan was many times longer than what is today. The killing of animals for food or sport was unthinkable. Man lived at peace with himself and the various life forms whom he considered his teachers and friends. But gradually at first and then with increasing intensity, Man's ego began to grow and assert itself. Finally, after it had caused many unpleasant incidents, the consensus was reached that man should go out into the world alone to learn a necessary lesson. The connections were broken. On his own, feeling alienated from the world he had been created from cut off from the full extent of its abundance man was no longer happy he began to search for happiness he had lost when he found something that reminded him of it he tried to possess it and accumulate more thereby introducing stress into his life but searching for lasting happiness and accumulating temporary substitutes for it brought him no satisfaction as he was no longer able to hear what the other forms of life were saying he could only try to understand them through their actions which he often misinterpreted because he no longer was cooperating with the earth angels and nature spirits for the good of all but was attempting to manipulate the earth forces for his benefits alone Plants began to shrivel and die. With less vegetation to draw up and give off moisture, the planet's atmosphere became drier and deserts appeared. A relatively small number of plant species survived, which grew smaller and tougher with passing time. Eventually they lost the radiant colors and abundant fruit of their ancestors man's lifespan began to shorten accordingly and diseases appeared and spread because of the decreasing variety of food available to him and his growing insensitivity man began to kill and eat his friends the animals they soon learned to flee from his approach and became increasingly shy and suspicious of human motives and behavior And so the separation grew. After several generations, few people had any idea of what life had once been like. As man became more and more manipulative of and violent toward the earth, and as his social and spiritual world narrowed to that of the human race alone, he became more and more manipulative of and violent toward his own kind. Men began to kill and enslave each other, creating armies and empires, forcing those who looked and talked, thought and acted differently from them, to submit to what they thought was best. Life became so miserable for the human race, that around two to three thousand years ago, perfected spirits began to be born on earth in human form to teach the truths that had largely been forgotten. But by then, humanity had grown so divided and so insensitive to the universal laws operating in the natural world that those truths were only partially understood. As time passed, the teachings of the perfected spirits were changed for what one might call political reasons by the all-too-human organizations that inherited them. Those who came into prominence within the organizations wanted power over others. They downplayed the importance of non-human life forms and eliminated from the teachings statements claiming that those forms had souls, wisdom, and divine presence, and that the heaven they were in touch with was a state of unity with the divine that could be attained by anyone who put aside his ego and followed the universal laws. The power hungry wanted their followers to believe that heaven was a place to which some people, and only people, went after death. A place that could be reached by those who had the approval of their organizations. So not even the perfected spirits were able to restore the wholeness of truth because of inference by the human ego. Oh, I'm sorry. Because of interference by the human ego. Down through the centuries, accounts of the great separation and of the golden age that existed before it have been passed on by the sensitive and wise Today in the industrial West, they are classified as mere legends and myths. Fantasies believed in by the credulous and unsophisticated stories based only on Today in the Industrial West, they are classified as mere legends and myths. Fantasies believed in by the credulous and unsophisticated. Stories based only on imagination and emotion despite the fact that quite a few people have seen and communicated with earth angels and, na- and nature spirits, and that more than one spiritual community has grown luscious fruits and vegetables by cooperating with them and following their instructions. Descriptions of these beings are generally dismissed as fairy tales. And although colored and simplified accounts of the Great Separation can be found in the holy books of the world's, religious, of the world's religions, it is doubtful that many followers of those religions strongly believe in them. However, a number of pre separation skills, beliefs, and practices have been preserved. On the North American continent, they are passed on in some of what remains of native teachings, those of the quote unquote Indians. In Europe, they have largely died out, but traces of their influence can still be seen in such comparatively recent phenomena as stone circles and the marking of ley lines called dragon veins by the chinese channels along which earth energy is concentrated in tibet until the communist invasion ancient ways were preserved in tibetan buddhism many of the secrets and practices of which predated buddhism by thousands of years in Japan, they could be found in some of the rituals and beliefs of the Shinto or the spirit way, folk religions. religion. Excuse me. In China, they've been passed on through Taoism, and despite violent op- opposition from China's communist government, they continue to be passed on today. Briefly, Taoism is a way of living in harmony with Tao, the way of the universe the character of which is revealed in the workings of the natural world. Taoism could be called either a philosophy or religion, or neither, since in its various forms it does not match up with Western ideas or definitions of either one. In China, Taoism is what might be called the counterbalance of Confucianism the codified, ritualized teachings of of K'ung Futsu, or Master K'ung, better known in the West as Confucius. Although Confucianism is not a religion in the Western sense, it could be said to bear a certain resemblance to Puritanical Christianity in its man-centered nature-ignoring outlook, its emphasis on rigid conformity, and its authoritarian, no-nonsense attitude towards life. Confucianism concerns itself mostly with human relations, with social and political rules and hierarchies. Its major contr- contributions have been in the areas of government, business, clan and family relations, and ancestor reverence. Its most vital principles are righteousness, propriety, benevolence, loyalty, good faith, duty, and justice. Briefly stated, Confucianism deals with the individual's place within the group. In contrast, Taoism deals primarily with the individual's relationship to the world. Taoism's contributions have been mostly scientific, artistic, and spiritual. From Taoism came Chinese science, medicine, gardening, landscape, painting, and nature poetry. Its key key principles are natural simplicity, Effortless action, spontaneity, and compassion. The most easily noticed difference between Confucianism and Taoism is emotional. A difference in feeling. Confucianism is stern, regimented, patriarchal, often severe. Taoism is happy, gentle, childlike, and serene, like its favorite symbol, that of the flowing water. Taoism is classically viewed as the teachings of three men, Lao Tse, Master Lao, author of the major Taoist classics, the Tao Te Ching, which is said to have been written around 2,500 years ago, Chuang Tse, Master Chuang, author of several works and founder of a school of writers and philosophers during the Warring States period approximately 2,000 years ago, and a yellow emperor who ruled over 4,500 years ago and to whom are attributed various meditative, alchemical, and medical principles and practices. These three were the great organizers and communicators of Taoist thought, rather than its founders. For we have said what is now known as Taoism began before any of them were born, in what Zhuangzi called the Age of Perfected Virtue. Excuse me, the Age of Perfect Virtue. In the age of perfect virtue, men lived among the animals and birds as members of one large family. There were no distinctions between superior and inferior to separate one man or species from another. All retained their natural virtue and lived in the state of pure simplicity. In the age of perfect virtue, wisdom and ability were not singled out as extraordinary. The wise were seen merely as higher branches on humanity's tree growing a little closer to the sun people behaved correctly without knowing that to be righteous and propriety righteousness and propriety they loved and respected each other without calling that benevolence they were faithful and honest without considering that to be loyalty. they kept their word without thinking of good faith In their everyday conduct, they helped and employed each other without considering duty. They did not concern themselves with justice, as there was no injustice. Living in harmony with themselves, each other, and the world, their actions left no trace, and so we have no physical record of their existence. Ever since the Great Separation, Taoists have concerned themselves with attaining the state of perfect virtue. Discarding whatever prevents harmony with Tao. With the mention of virtue, we come to an explanation of the title of this book. I wondered when you were going to get around to that, said Piglet. So did I. But anyway, first of all, we'd better explain that the Chinese character day, as in the day of Piglet, is pronounced day more or less if you want to be particular you can put a bit of an R sound at the end there 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 I, I've never said it that way excuse me <laughs> if you want to be even more particular you can pronounce it halfway between there and there. <laughs> And if you want to be more particular than that, interrupted Eeyore, you can take a correspondence course. Oh, Eeyore, I didn't know you were here. I thought you were out in your swamp. Since you were being particular about things, said Eeyore, it's a bog. B-O-G. Yes, I was there. Then I made the mistake of coming here. And now, having heard all I care to of this, I shall return. Well, don't let us detain you. So much for explanations, muttered Eeyore on his way out the door. Eeyore's that way, isn't he? said Piglet. Not all the time, I said. Occasionally he's worse. As we were saying, day is pronounced day. In classic Chinese, it is written two ways. The first joins the character for upright to the character for heart. Its meaning is virtue. The second way adds the character for left foot, which in Chinese signifies stepping out. Its meaning is virtue in action. Day is not as its English language equivalent suggests, a one-size-fits-all sort of goodness or admired behavior that can be recognized as essentially the same no matter who possesses it. It is instead a quality of special character, spiritual strength, or hidden potential unique to the individual, something that comes from the inner nature of things, and something, we might add, that the individual who possesses it may be quite unaware of as is in the case with Piglet through most of the Pooh stories. In this book, we are concerned with the transformation of virtue into virtue that steps out. And Piglet, we believe, is the Pooh animal best suited to demonstrate the process because in Pooh stories, it is Piglet and only Piglet who undergoes just such a transformation.